This is the Risky Mix podcast, where we speak with those people changing the mix in the insurance industry. Sharing their personal journeys, their inspirational stories, and answering the questions we all want answered. You're listening to Raj and Katie. We really hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Today on the Risky Mix podcast, we're joined by Chloe Allison a young lady who is in her final year at Nottingham Trent University studying English literature. Chloe is currently exploring new job opportunities as she prepares to enter the world of work and we were really keen to have her on the podcast to get her perspective on our industry. Views from someone looking in, from someone who has never worked in insurance. In a number of our previous episodes, we speak about making insurance an industry of choice for young people. So Chloe is here today to help us better understand how exactly we do that. So welcome to the podcast, Chloe. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> um, so I'm going to dive in with a bit of a get to know you question. Okay. Um, tell us what you're passionate about. Lots of stuff. Um, I suppose I'm really passionate about like social rights yeah. and animal rights and the environment. The classic sort of like tree hugger kind <laughs> of thing. Yeah. But it's a good thing. It is. Um, yeah. So, but particularly with my studies, I've tailored it to be quite a lot about social rights Okay. And just like human rights of people generally, as well as being passionate about all the other animal rights and environment and everything. Um, and yeah, from the personal experience, just of being a woman, you yeah. know, mm. well, as you guys know, you've got that, you just understand what it's like to face like oppression and people being obnoxious and ignorant sometimes basically have you experienced that would you say definitely definitely um so it's just i think the world is changing positively and it's just good if we can all try and do what we can to try and get there with it basically absolutely and so you're at university at the moment final year yes so what led you to study english literature and and tell us about your dissertation which is very interesting so tell us more about that So I chose to study English literature because I've just always liked it, basically, but also, like, I just think it's so important, and that's partly what I'm doing my dissertation on, is that literature can have such an impact on people. Mm -hmm. And more than sometimes people realise, but what I find so interesting, because I'm a bit of a history buff as well, is that it really reflects context and histories of the time that a lot of time have been suppressed. So, for instance, with my English literature studies, I've tried to choose modules where I'm studying stuff that goes against the traditional, like, canon of what's popular, Mm -hmm. which has often been white, older men, normally not with very progressive attitudes, even though some of them, of course, have written really good books and things. But so, for instance, my dissertation, I'm doing it on two black British female authors, and the book is called Trumpet. Um, that's by Jackie Kay, and that came out in 1998, year I was born. And then, <laughs> oh, God, don't say that. Oh, well, that's set her down now. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and, um, and then the other one came out in the past, like, five years, and that's Girl, Woman, Other by Bernadine Navaresto. And I'm doing it, basically, on them books, and I'm using it to study intersectionality, okay. which I have a definition of by the... Um, IWDA. Um, it said it's now widely used to illustrate the interplay between any kinds of discrimination, whether it's based on gender, race, age, class, socioeconomic status, physical or mental ability, gender or sexual identity, religion or ethnicity. And it's basically this idea that your life experiences are based on how you how multiple identities intermingle, mm-hmm. and that different kinds of prejudices can be amplified in different ways when put together. Yeah. So. And then that links with how 
rights movement and resistance movement have been quite exclusive mm. in the past. So, for instance, if you look at, like, the white feminist movement, the mm. suffragettes are awesome. Mm. Like, I love them. <laughs> and, you know, we wouldn't be where we are today without them. Yeah. But at the same time, it was very exclusive. It was yeah. mainly upper class yeah. and middle class women. And also they were mainly white. <laughs> so yeah. it's just excluding so many people. And perhaps then women who were of other races than white or were the lower class were actually facing more oppression generally but they weren't being represented mm-hmm. sure so part of intersectionality of what i'm arguing in my dissertation is also this idea of that resistance need to be inclusive yeah, yeah. and if you understand intersectionality then of course you're going to believe in inclusive resistance Absolutely. because you're going to understand yeah how everything like links together so i'd call myself like an intersectional feminist which okay. basically means you're not feminism standing for only one type of person you're including transgender women black women lgbtq you you know etc different religions ability disability different classes all all that stuff like because yeah it's sort of understanding that all of these people in this bracket could face gender oppression but they're also facing individually different absolutely levels of it so that's basically what i'm doing my dissertation on in relation to how the books encourage intersectional thinking and Mm. how they impact the reader can really change the reader's thoughts and educate the reader for awareness and stuff like that That, that's so interesting and i've got a particular interest in it because um firstly i also am a big history buff and (laughs) studied classical archaeology as part of my undergrad degree but i'm also doing a master's of creative writing at the university of east anglia um, and I, I'm reading, I'm writing a novel at the moment that is, is very much set in, it's about women's rights um, in South India. Um, but it's quite interesting to hear you say um, that you're looking at these particular texts because actually diversity in publishing is something that is a hot topic mm-hmm. at the moment. Um, and there are loads of um, you know, great organisations out there. I think Hachette, for example, have, um, uh, have an imprint called Dialogue Books that looks to publish books written by mm. um, BAME authors. Um, in terms of your particular reading and um, literature list, what's driven you to those sort of, I guess, voices that aren't necessarily the mm. mainstream? And how, how important do you think it is that those voices are sort of published and heard? Mm. I think it's incredibly important because just, yeah, how can the world like change and get better if you're only hearing the same voice over mm. and over mm. again? Yeah. These people need to be heard, you know, and luckily we are at a point where it is changing Mm. Um, like it is changing for the better now but there's still a a far way to go with all of it and um yeah I just think it's incredibly important and I was drawn to these particularly so one of the reasons why I was drawn to Nottingham Trent University is because they study a lot more modern books Mm. and they offer like a post-colonial module so like studying books that are written by people who are from previously colonized countries um, or it might be on that topic. Um, black writing in Britain was a module I studied. Um, women's, what's it? Women, women writers in between the wars. Yeah. So like I've studied these particular areas, and I've always they're the ones you can choose. So I'm like I'm doing that. I'm doing yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think yeah, I'm just drawn to it because it's like we've heard such a similar voice repeatedly for years throughout history and in literature and just politically and everything. We need to hear. Mm. these different voices because they bring something different and it's just so important and I think because also as a woman having experienced 
struggles just based off of your gender, which I'm sure you guys understand mm. as well, it then draws you to, okay, I know what it's like to face this level. So what about people who are facing other levels in yeah. different ways and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, basically. So yeah, that's that's really fascinating. Thank you for for talking us through that. Um, so you're you're in your final year. So you're you're completing your dissertation. You're looking at the world of work and thinking, mm. right? What do I want to do? You know, <laughs> firstly, I'd like to understand as a. I guess you. I guess we can call you a Gen Z. Yep. Yeah, that's Gen Z. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, again, depressing. Um, <laughs> Uh, so as a Gen Z, what are you looking for from employers? And, and I'd also be interested to know how your passion and how your dissertation has kind of, how that's filtering through into what you're looking for in terms of jobs and employers yeah. as well, yeah. if it has at all. Um, oh, yeah. it definitely has. So a lot of what I'm basing my applications for and companies that I'm writing to, because I'm just trying to get myself out there, basically. Sure. A lot of the time it's based off companies that either I consume and like, and a lot of the time I choose if I can, to consume from companies that are more ethically based or I agree with their ethics. So that is then meaning that the places that I'm applying to, I'm looking specifically at their ethics as a reason. Because I think that's probably the type of field I want to go in. It's something I'm interested in. It's something that drives me. So even though I'm not quite sure what job I want, like because I've got such a diverse range, I really don't know. But Mm. like I still think... It's the values, is it, that that yeah. really have, yeah. that yeah. really draw you? Yeah, so there's a company that I love. They're a clothing company, and they're they're awesome. A lot of their stuff is made out of, like, recycled, um, like, bottles, their jumpers and that. And, like, I sent them an email because, like, they have a lot of factories in India, but they are very focused on human rights mm-hmm. and employee rights and as well as the environment and they will put up pictures on their social media of if you ordered these dungarees in this size and this pattern this is the guy that made them no, you know great. right so yeah. yeah so i was like okay i'm messaging them mm-hmm. then i've got people because i'm vegan as well i know it's even <laughs> adding to the stereotype <laughs> i um I am looking into probably like people that I consume from from that, so like some of the milk brands, well, yeah. or to- alternative milk yeah. brands, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. and stuff so like re- that. So that's really important to you in terms of the the places where you work, their social environmental impact, and what they're giving back yeah. to the community. Yeah, and then one of the key things because I focus so much on it is intersectionality. Yeah, with it. So how are they employing that? Yeah, in their company, how. Yeah. How are they? Impl- because that links so much to being inclusive and diversity. How, how are they putting that into their company? Because I think that is so that's so incredibly mm-hmm. important. Because growth that doesn't come from people who are the same. Yeah. It comes from people who are different. How, how can you grow and make progress if it's two identical people or people mm. that are really similar? Even though obviously people can get along <laughs> and <laughs> some progress can be made, but it's limited. Whereas when there's diverse people with different backgrounds with different life experiences that's where growth comes from yeah because you learn from each other (laughs) and do you find that um you know the way that you're looking for jobs at the moment is sort of similar to the way that your friends at university and and your peers job hunt as well is that is that Mm. something that you think is really important to a lot of young people like yourself i think yes so with particularly i know i can't speak for the whole generation but i think generally that is this pull towards ethics and mm. employing that like into your life I and mean, obviously such a huge part of life is your career and your job so people yeah. are definitely looking at things that way I think there's a lot of people who know more specifically what they want to do rather than me but yeah. a lot of the time that's ethically based jobs yeah yeah 
And and how do you assess that? Because it's quite hard to tell in maybe one or two interviews about. I mean, you can you can kind of get a feel for the culture and the values, and, and mm. you know you'll be told that the values of the company are X Y Z. Yeah. But how would you go about really understanding that? you know, intersectionality is adopted and, and mm. it's a diverse and inclusive workplace. How do you find that out? Well, I suppose it's a bit of a tricky one, but sometimes with a particular place, to so say like the clothing brand, they you can see it in the models they're using. That okay. There's diversity there. So you just, right. it, yeah. so it's tailored to the company, I suppose. You right. see what is coming across in their like in their advertising sure so it obviously depends per company of what they are but you just try and look where you can basically because it will differ per company yeah yeah that makes that makes a lot of sense (laughs) it's quite a vague answer but look where you can (laughs) and what sorts of industries are you looking at is it very wide and varied at the moment yeah it's very wide because i just i'm interested in so many different things like I'm really interested in um like crime not going into crime I'm really interested in that kind of stuff I also I've got a media a level I'm really interested in media I thought about going down the podcast route yeah you so, did we had this chat yeah. didn't we yeah. um I've also had an idea very recently and I think it was because I was having a crisis I don't know what to do <laughs> I wrote uh, I haven't done creative writing as part of my course at all but I'm still interested in it and um like we could have done a creative writing dissertation but i was like i'll stick to the intersectionality (laughs) but um i've had an idea of writing a collection and like one of my ideas with it is speaking to some of the young 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 people in my family and i understand i'm young but like young young children um and just asking them some questions and putting it together to make a piece i just want to make like quite like politically and social focused collection sure i think it'd be really cool and i've got some friends and that who i'd love to like feature on it as well um and then i thought maybe that could turn into a podcast that's a bit of a pipe dream at the moment but hopefully something will happen with that this was this was a pipe dream once (laughs) too much wine eh, raj yeah (laughs) (laughs) happens to the best of us um so chloe i would so you as you know the podcast is um primarily kind of focused on the insurance industry Uh, but we do obviously explore a number of topics um and we always have guests on who work in the industry or are close to the industry in some way already and we all love insurance because we work in it and we're passionate about it but we also do recognize that so many people fall into insurance and then fall in love with it and you know um and we want to change that and make insurance a real kind of industry of choice. Mm. From your perspective, and you can be completely honest, um, yeah. from your perspective as a young person co- about to come into the workplace, mm. what are your perceptions of the insurance industry? Yeah, so basically, I suppose this goes against the grain of the podcast, but <laughs> um, my experience of in- with insurance has been mainly with car insurance, yeah. which obviously you legally have to have, yeah. so then they can exploit that. I feel. Oh, I feel right. some insurers okay. they will exploit it and they make it really complicated to claim. Okay. And I understand they don't want everyone to just claim, but sometimes you feel like, well, what is the point? Because this right. is going to take so much effort and time. Right, okay. I'm not going to. 
get anything. Not necessarily with car insurance, but stuff with like laptop insurance and yeah, yeah. stuff like that. So I feel like sometimes with some insurers, it doesn't feel like it's actually there for the people. And obviously insurance is actually a business that is meant to be there to help people, mm-hmm. as far as I understand. But I think some people and some companies will abuse it and exploit it. So mm-hmm. it doesn't make it for the people, it's to get money for the business but obviously there are people who are changing that up like (laughs) you you know that isn't everyone at all and I think it's just getting that shift even more towards Mm -hmm. insurance being there for the people to help people understand the company has to make profit yeah of course at the same time you don't need to make it so much I just feel like particularly with car insurance they can charge whatever they want because they're only in competition with each other Mm. yeah they're not in oh, please get our car insurance because you have to have it, (laughs) kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I just think it's just getting that shift towards it's actually there to help people, which I know you guys, like, do that. But, yeah, I just think there needs to be that movement. Do do you think it's easy to understand the way that insurance companies operate and why they charge the prices they do and how they make money and that sort of thing and their processes? Mm. Do you think it's easy to understand that? Do they make it easy for people? Not really. Like, I don't know much about it Mm. as a business, to be honest. And I'm here on on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know tons about it at all, really, and how it all works. You just, you imagine an office. (laughs) That's about, (laughs) as far as it, and people on the phone. (laughs) That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And and that makes it hard because if you don't understand what goes on behind the scenes, all you see is a premium and maybe there's an increase in premium and you don't understand where that's come from. And you're not alone in your views. You know, consumers don't trust insurers and, Mm. you know, it's it's not all bad. In fact, a lot of it's good. Exactly. so it's um, how do we kind of educate people, I guess, to yeah. younger people as well on, on what we do. And, and what are your thoughts? You mentioned car insurance, kind of laptop insurance. What are your thoughts on things like life insurance? Have you mm. or have you ever heard of those types of products? Like are those on your radar? Oh, I know about life insurance. Now, I haven't quite looked into it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I assume it's something that normally like I, basically all I've really seen about it is like adverts on TV right about it mainly and sometimes i'm like i don't know how i feel about it because sometimes i'm like oh is this here to actually help someone or is it oh well you know they'll die so then it doesn't matter (laughs) you know like because if someone's facing grief from someone having yeah died you don't have as much power in you to fight right Right. Okay. Like I said, obviously, I know you guys. Yeah, <laughs> I no, of course. But no. there, there are people who, I suppose it sounds a bit cynical, but there are people who will exploit and like abuse vulnerabilities. Vulnerability, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. okay. I suppose if you're at a point where you're getting life insurance, some people don't get it until they're older. So I suppose it's kind of a. Sometimes it almost feels like a scare tactic. Oh, yeah, okay. A bit as well of, you're going to die, you better yeah. get insurance. Yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> fair This is a really interesting perspective. It is. It. Yeah. I think yeah. when, you're, when you're close to it, you, you get it and, and you, you, yeah, yeah. You, you understand the need for it, but it's really interesting yeah. to get your, your views on it. Yeah. Thank you for being so, yeah. so honest <laughs> while you're in an insurance office. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? I suppose it, it kind of feels like, um, you know, the adverts that you see are... Oh, I can't think of the company's names, but where it's like like a loan. 
the yes. low, like the, yeah, yeah. the lone yeah. ones, and yeah. they're like, "This will help you so much." Yeah. <laughs> it almost feels like it's in a similar bracket, even right. though obviously it's completely different yeah. things. Sure. Yeah. And I understand it's completely different things, but sometimes I think the adverts come across the same way. And if you don't have an understanding of how life insurance works, sure. And okay, what is actually going to happen, and is that actually going to happen? Because yeah. you know you can't check. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So so it sounds like uh, you, so your views on the insurance industry aren't great, and, and I really mm. appreciate your your <laughs> honesty and openness. No, don't <laughs> apologise. It's really refreshing uh, to to hear it. What could the insurance industry do? Do you think, if anything, to make you consider applying? Mm. What do you think? I think one of the hugest things is having more inclusion and diversity. Okay. As a general thing, because like I was saying before, if there is that there, if it's a business um, and like industry that's meant to be there to help people, then if there's only one type of person, then you're not really going to feel like you can trust it, particularly if you're not that type of person right? at all. So I think, yeah, just like having it as diverse. Yeah. And also I think in like HR departments, mm-hmm and things like that I understand there's resources there's money issues sometimes but the insurance industry is doing pretty well isn't it <laughs> I mean I don't know I, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know like I mean it's such a big industry yes, like across is. the yeah. world yeah. um like everyone's aware of it um and yeah I think if people are putting into HR departments and educating and building awareness of intersectional thinking and having less just generalized Mm. help for people mm-hmm. like actually have it of okay you're facing this say as a as a woman who um has a certain like disability right. or something or you know just having that intersectionality and help there i think that will make a huge difference as well because that will encourage more people to come into the industry yeah because they feel like they can get supported and also if you encourage intersectional thinking across a workforce it will make, I think, work morale better. Yeah. <laughs> because if you feel more secure and more supported in your group at yeah. work, I feel like that can progress even more. So I think, it's, I suppose insurance to me, it seems almost like a, a scary industry to go into. Does because it? I don't know a lot about it. Okay. You know. And also, I know there is quite a minority of mm. women that mm. are in it. And... Yeah, I don't know. I just think if you actually see that, like, say, like, the big boss is caring about inclusion yeah. and diversity, that will make you trust insurers so much more. And right. then if you trust them as a consumer, then you're more likely to go and work in it. Yeah. Absolutely. As well. So yeah. it's all about your opinion as a consumer, which is how I'm applying for jobs. My, yeah, my opinion as yeah. a person and as a consumer, that's yeah. how I'm then tailoring it. Yeah. So if I see the insurance industry, oh, this company is actually really working to help people. Yeah. Okay. And they're actually employing that in their work base. They're not just saying it. Sure. Because they've got this intersectional thinking and they've got this diverse range. Then, okay, yeah, I'll go and have a look and see if I can work in that. And I understand diversity comes from like people like you guys who are going into a male dominated industry and you're going into so I understand there has to be like steps there so sometimes you can't sometimes you have to be some of the not first people but you know you have to go in there when you will be the minority yes in it for diversity to happen exactly and I I think 
when you do that, I mean, you, obviously there are other things that you need to look for in a career in terms of the skills that you want to learn and yes. um, the knowledge that you want to gain and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, anything that we can do, even if, even if obviously the two of us are in insurance and the more that we can talk about um, experiences of being included and having a diverse workforce, mm. the more we can let you guys know that it is something that we are working on and yeah. that we are an, an industry um, that is moving in the right direction. Yeah, mm, definitely. And maybe it is, it is also a thing of, as a young person, you yes, you might have your car insurance and, and things like that, but you maybe you don't engage with insurers as often as, as slightly older people who yeah. are looking at products like life insurance, maybe business insurance yeah. and things like that. So it might be that you just, you obviously see the TV ads and you're not, not a big fan of that, but... Mm perhaps you don't engage with it as much as say you do the clothing brand where you're buying clothes yeah. from them kind of regularly and perhaps Definitely. that's also the challenge because we're not we're not getting to speak to young consumers no. maybe as much yeah. as we could definitely um, amazing thank you chloe it's been <laughs> so lovely having you here today really from my perspective really refreshing to have a oh, thank you. a young person <laughs> and, and have this kind of honest conversation um but we have run out of time. Unfortunately. Well, thank you so much yeah. for having me. Thank you for coming <laughs> on. Lovely. Thank you for coming. <laughs> and um, please let us know how your job hunt goes. Yeah, good luck with you. everything. And good luck with your, your dissertation. dissertation as well. Thank you Thanks. so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to get in touch, you can do so via our Twitter account, at Risky Mix. We'd love to hear your thoughts and questions. And if you know any inspirational women in the industry who you think would be great for the Risky Mix podcast, get in touch. See you next week.